Welcome to a Morally Podcast with Tony Maine. This podcast is for America, purpose built by military veterans to share their lessons learned of our American values service, sacrifice, hard work, and respect. This episode features Terrell Naylor, an Army veteran and current VP of Operations of Ronin Guard. Terrell will tell his story of how his military service impacted his future success in the canine security industry. All right, welcome to a more elite podcast. This a more elite podcast is for America, purpose built and designed to bring veteran stories to light so that others, whether they be veterans or civilians, can learn. Learn from the learn from the learn from the less from the lesson, sacrifice, learn values of hard work. Right? We exist to bring America together. So thank you for being here today. We've got a great guest. You're really going to enjoy Trail Naylor. Um, I've known Trail for over a decade um, now and recently reconnected. So I think his ability to tell his journey and his story in the military and how he is um, succeeding um, in, in, in the security business will be something that a lot of veterans can relate to in terms of a um, pathway, a job pathway that is of interest and, and of a commonality to the military but also the, the struggles and the lessons learned of, of small business and how to deal with everything from managing people to schedules. Um, we want to thank our title sponsors, the Texas Silver Rush uh, out of Fredericksburg, uh, Texas. What a fantastic organization run by Joe Remney, an Air Force veteran with a son, Tyler, who served in 3rd Ranger Battalion, um, providing handmade, handcrafted, jewelry for the texas music scene we can't thank the texas silver rush enough for being with us on a morally podcast also three rangers brewery up there in dahlonega georgia if you ever want to know the difference between dahlonega um, and and fort benning and the two phases of uh, the three phases of ranger school it's elevation and i'll tell you they've got some great products up there um, in dahlonega but three rangers brewery and then finally uh final title sponsor um, veteran investment planning. We spoke last week with um, Adam Stallnocker and had the opportunity to talk a little bit about um, the role that finances will play going into this summer where folks are getting their tax returns back, PCS moves, so moves for the military, all these opportunities to get ahead and what that might look like. So we thank um, all of those, all those sponsors. You can see this week we're coming from our Ranger Outreach Center here in Columbus, Georgia. So on the beautiful uh, St. Luke United Methodist Church campus, here we're inside of our conference room and we're excited to announce that the Ranger Outreach Center or The Rock is opening um, to the public beginning July 19th. So we'll kick off Ranger Rendezvous, that's the change of command week for the 75th Ranger Regiment by opening this facility in downtown Columbus on 1022 2nd Ave, July 19th at 9 a.m. We're looking forward to having the community to hear. Although it's called the Ranger Out Center, Outreach Center, it's for everyone. So for military families and veterans of the Chattahoochee Valley, and, and we are very fortunate. But today we're here to talk to Terrell Naylor. And Terrell, it is absolutely fantastic to have you here today um, to be with us, to tell us a little bit about your story. So I wanna start with right up front, Tell everybody a little bit about what you're doing right now. 
Uh, so I'm the VP of operations for Ronin Guard um, and Ronin K9 Service. The Ronin brand is provide a higher level of security. Uh, you know, most most companies know the big boxes and and how you know they have issues with guys showing up to work, guys not knowing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, well, with us, you're going to get highly trained guys. You know, we train with the canine side. We train at least four hours a week. Um, we train with local law enforcement, you know, and then with our regular guards and our canine handlers. We also are proficient in firearms. Um, most of our guys are, are veterans, you know, and that's one of our missions is to employ veterans and pay them a, a, a solid uh, wage a livable wage, um, you know, and it's my personal mission to do that. So that way we can help curb some of the statistics of veteran homelessness, veteran suicide, you know, um, you and I both have lost a lot of friends to suicide, and, you know, so if we can fix that and do our part with it, then, you know, with, uh, with curbing that, you know, then that's what we're about. So, this is fantastic, right? You know, like you, you can you can have an ethic in business, right? Like you, you can have a higher purpose. You can still pay the bills. You can still uh, do well and be successful with a higher purpose. So let's talk a little bit how you kind of got that higher purpose. What 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 is what did the eighteen year old, nineteen twenty year old trail look like as you as you're kind of entering and uh, join, joining the military? What what was that person? What caused them to sign the paperwork? Uh, I was a bit of a knucklehead um, coming out of high school, you know, and my mom told me I had three choices, join the military, pay for college on my own or get out. And, you know, I chose the military. Um, you know, we've had a lot of family members serve. And, you know, so I figured I'll join, you know, and I'll get that college money because college is expensive. And uh, so that's what I did. I, I joined. I left for basic uh, three months after graduating high school um went to fort jackson south carolina uh it it was a culture shock to say the least you know um and you know i had some great drill instructors during that time you know so it's uh they helped mold you know and i've, I've had a lot of great leaders over the years but they they started that mold to hey quit being a knucklehead focus on what's more important Tell me, tell me about then when you get to your first unit, your your first few duty stations. Then, and what what your military experience was a lot was like. What did you enjoy about it? Um, what are some things that you're kind of taking from that experience, trying to bring it into um, your civilian business? Well, starting out, uh, I started out. My first duty station was Fort Bragg with the 82nd. Um, back then, we had Division Support Command, and that's where I started out. Um, I had a, a lot of great leaders there. Um, I had some really bad leaders there, you know. Um, and one thing I learned very quickly was to uh, take something from both 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 sets, you know, the good and the bad. You know, the bad, you know what not to do in certain situations. The good, you know what you learn what to do in those situations. Um, you know, you always got to take care of your people. Um, you know, and so I started out in the 82nd, um, then I went over to Usasak Sustainment, did a couple of years there. Um, 
then, you know, I, I needed a change of scenery. So I went over to 160 at Soar, spent a couple of years there. My wife wanted to go back to North Carolina. So we enlisted to go back to the 82nd. Um, yeah, and then uh, while I was in the 82nd the second time, I decided I wanted to reclass and became a 13 Fox, um, which probably the best time I had in the Army, to be honest. Um, you know, raining hate on the enemies, you know. Um, yeah, tell everybody, what, just in case you got some non-Army Army folks here, a little bit about what a 13 Fox does. So a 13 Fox is responsible for providing indirect uh, indirect fire support and cast and, and rotary um, fire support to the infantry, the, the cavalry, um, our special operations brothers. Um, you know, we we work in small teams. You know, for a platoon size element, you're going to get an FO, a forward observer, and his RTO. Um, for a company, you're going to have a full team, so it'll be three. Uh, FOs and then their headquarters element. Um, probably the best job in the army, other than like you know the SF and stuff. But uh, I had a great time doing it, and uh, I wouldn't change it for anything. No, and you were fantastic at your job, and I think the reason that um, so many people kind of they, they wanted to be close to you, they wanted to be on your team, is because you, you took that that training. Um, very personally like that was a their performance matter because it, it keeps people alive but but it was also a reflection of your of your um of your leadership you know it was just it, it's your self-image their, their performance is, is also um reflects on you so kind of how did you take that through the rest of your uh military career after you left um fort bragg uh so i left there and took the to be the best mentality down to uh, seventh group, uh, ran the the one of the JTAC programs for them. Um, was deployed to Afghanistan with them, um, you know, and it, it it was a rough deployment, you know. Um, we, we lost some guys, and you know, we had some guys that were injured, um, but you know, it it added to making me better as a person, you know. Um, it, the the responsibility I had on me as a, as a staff sergeant, you know, having to manage a program with SAR first classes, you know, and reporting to company level SAR majors, um, to the battalion SAR major, to the S3 SAR major, you know, picking got the right, helping pick the right guys and train them up to go and become special operations JTACs. Um, it's a lot, you know, but like I said, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. So what, what type of experiences then in terms of your planning professionalism do you think that the Army kind of provided you? What was like your biggest takeaway as you departed uh, service with, okay, the, the Army, you know, I might be worried about this transition thing, but I know the Army prepared me for X. Uh, I would say, you know, the, to me, it, and, and this is not a knock on the army. What prepared me as I grew through the ranks, you know, was the guys that I was around. You know, um, I had some great leaders, you yourself, Aaron Griffin, Bill Pearson, you know, those, you know, those guys, those guys made me better, you know, um, 
you know, if I if I took an L on something, you know, they would they would build me back up to where I needed to be. You know, um, if I was down in the dumps, hey, you know, we ain't got time to be down in the dumps. The mission, we got to get the mission done. You know, um, and so I I appreciate all all those guys. You know, all my team members. You know, through the years. Um, you know, because to be honest, the guys under you, they're the ones that make you look good, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. So it, it helped me with, with, you know, with, with the transition, um, to an extent, you know, um, I could tell you when, when I retired, I wasn't as prepared as I thought I was. Um, you know, we, uh, we struggled. We, if I, if if I knew back then what I know now, I would have prepared much sooner. You know, um, I would have probably started preparing for retirement five or ten years out. <laughs> you know, because it, it was not easy. You know, I hear I heard of all the the retirees. You know, going and working for Home Depot and Sam's Club and you know Walmart. You know, even just doing door greeter stuff. And so I figured I'd try to do that. And yeah, it. It's not as easy as, as they made it sound. Um, you know, I, I applied to at least 20 jobs and got turned down to all of them. Um, I finally had a guy that, that took a chance with me, um, you know, and when we started out, everything was great. You know, there were some personality conflicts, which resulted in, you know, me leaving that company, um, you know, and then with, with that, you know, I, I got with a good group of guys and that's how running came about. You know, we wanted to build something solid, no shortcuts. You know, we, we, you know, we want this to, to, we want Ronan to be the name that everybody goes to when they actually want to be taken care of. So what was, what was that time frame between getting out and um, kind of struggling to find you know, purposeful employments uh, slash career path? Uh, so I got out or I started my terminal leave in May of 2019. Um, and then, you know, I went through Canaan Handler School while I was there, while I was on my transition leave. Um, and then I didn't start working until August. Um, yeah. So, and right around the time I was, I started working the, uh, my active duty pay had stopped and I was waiting on my retirement pay to kick in and waiting on the disability, you know, so it, it was, it was, when I say it was a struggle fest, it, it really was, um, you know, between school and, and moving back down here to Tennessee, um, we had burned through what we had in savings, maxed out credit cards, all that. Um, so yeah, it, it was rough. And then I, I left that last company in December of 2019. Uh, we started Ronin and, uh, right, right before the pandemic hit. So, so tell me with Ronin then, cause that's a, that's a huge venture. I myself just recently started my own LLC and it was, I mean, you can start one pretty darn easily. It's not rocket science. You can Google it, right? And <laughs> apply for right. the federal government, you know, for for your your tax ID, and then do whatever your state has you do. But 
what was it that made you want to be part of ownership? What was it about either, either your background or working the other jobs where you're like, because that, that, what a big leap that is. What was it for you? Yeah, for me, it was one, I don't, I don't like working for other people. I really don't. Um, I'd rather, you know, because you deal with those different personalities, you know, and with my last job, you know, prior to Ronan, you know, that was the biggest issue with why I left the personality conflicts. There's certain ways you're supposed to treat people and there's ways that you don't treat people. And with, with being an owner, I have a say in that, you know? Um, so that's, that's what led me to it. You know, now, you know, we all, we all have personality issues, <laughs> you know, and there's times where I could come off as a pain in the butt, you know, but it's for a reason, you know, when, when, when I get that way with somebody, it's because like habitual stuff, you know what I mean? Um, where, you know, and then, but then after they fix that issue, it's over, you know what I mean? Um, once we have that conversation after that, it's over. So yeah, that, that's what led me to it is, I'm, I know how guys are supposed to be treated, how I want to be treated, you know, and being the owner, I, you know, nobody above me can treat me like crap. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, it's good, good, good to be massive. You own a main. We find a lot of veterans do very well in entrepreneurship for that as well. Right. Background in terms of leadership, how to treat folks, knowing there needs to be structure, um, even if you don't have a ton of experience in planning, or if you do, but like you, you know what needs to happen, um, so so you can shortfall those gaps. Tell me about then um, why canines, why security? So you did some training, right? And, and you said maybe if, if you would have known this could have happened quicker, but why, why canines in the security field? What was it about that field that led you to think I could spend some of, you know, the next part of my life doing this for a while? So with canines, you know, you hear stories, you see the dogs, like guys that have been in the military, you've seen the guys, the, the dog handlers out there and what the dogs are capable of, you know, and growing up, I had, I always had animals around, you know, and, um, you know, when we, so the last part of my career, I was in Alaska and I was having, I was struggling, you know, um, and my wife recommended that I check out this program called Pause for Purple Hearts. Um, they're a, a service dog organization and they bring in veterans to help train those service dogs. Um, I had a great time doing it, you know, and, you know, so it, it helped feed, you know, that, that, that want to do something with dogs. Um, I looked into careers doing, being a, a canine handler, you know, from law enforcement to, you know, uh, working at the airports, checking cargo, um, stuff like that. I had a few companies that, that led me astray with that. Um, you know, so I said that this was what I wanted to do. Um, I reached out to AJ Vargas from custom canine unlimited. His dad is a, a retired 82nd guy as well. Um, you know, and he was like, yeah, we'll help you out. We'll get you trained up came down and uh, spent six weeks with them going through handler school, learning how to be, a, to, to be the, 
the partner that I needed to be for my canine partner, Lola. Um, you know, we in the canine world they they say the the person is the the dumb end of the leash because the dogs know what they're doing. You know, whether it be patrol or detection or tracking, you got to trust your dog. Um, so yeah, I went down there, got trained up, came home, and I figured that with that. You know, coming home with with a trained and with a trained canine, um, that it'd be easier to find some work, and not necessarily the case. Um, you know, most companies want at least two years experience. You know, we're with us. You know, we're willing to take that chance on people. You know, because there's a lot of people that go through these courses, and you know, with the the aspirations of being a handler, and then you know, but nobody is willing to take that chance, you know, and, and employ them. So, you know, we're willing to do that, you know, and to be honest, I, I, I personally believe with my company, you're going to get more training than what you got, you know, through the military. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, how many times did we go to the range a year, you know? Um, well, with my company, you're going to go to the range at least once a month, you know? And then we're going to we're going to qualify quarterly, you know, and we're, we have pretty high standards on what we're looking for, you know, um, because we don't take the the security and the the security aspect lightly. You know, um, one of the places we work at is a hospital here in town. And, you know, in the past, they've had some issues and we've helped curb those issues. I'm not saying we did all of it, but we helped curb it. We're part of a bigger team, you know. Um, and when it comes to the training and stuff, I want my guys ready for anything, just like when we were in, you know, you train, 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 the more you, you the more you sweat and practice, the less you bleed in more, you know, and that's that I carried that over into, into this as well. You know, in the unlikely event of an active shooter situation, you know, I want my guys to be the ones ready to go in and handle business and make sure everybody else stays safe. Tell me, Charles. So, I mean, and, and K9, you didn't just didn't do security, but you 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 were trained to do security. You were around security. It's in the nature of everything that we do in the military. But you chose specifically canine security. Right. So, where did so, that, that love of canines kind of kind of come from for you to decide to to do it as part of your transition? Uh, just like I said, seeing seeing the way the dogs work. Um, you know, and, you know, canines are, they're a force multiplier, you know, um, you know, you can, you can Google, you know, police scenes, uh, YouTube police scenes, you know, where they can't find somebody and they're hiding right in plain sight, you know, under a car, but they didn't see him, you know, you can't trick a dog's nose, you know, um, you know, guys are getting creative with with where they're hiding explosives and stuff you know they it could be a plain sight behind a bush and you might miss it because you know you're you're not situationally aware but to see that dog's head snap back at that item you know it's it's unreal it's unreal you know um so with with the canine so i can send a canine team and that's the equivalent of having three guards three regular armed guards there, you know, um, 
our, our canines are teamed up with their, their partners. They live with their partners. They're, they're integrated with the family, you know, and they know time they get their vest on, you know, it's, it's time to go to work. My partner knows as soon as I, I put on this certain outfit, you know, and, and I'm, I'm doing certain things that it's time to go to work and she, she's ready to go, you know? So, um, you know, and then being around dogs, it, it helps, you know, like with, with the mental issues, you know, that you may have, like, let's say you're having a rough day, you know, my partner will not leave me alone. She will, if she knows that, if she knows that I'm having a rough day, she's not going to leave me alone. She's going to keep bugging me. She's going to keep nudging me, you know, doing the little nibbles like, Hey, show me some attention. And, you know, I do that for 10, 15 minutes. And it's like, what was I upset about? You know, um, and, and, and they know that, you know, that's why we use dogs for service dogs, um, for, for service animals, you know. So, you know, to me, it's just, it's a win-win for everybody. You know, you're keeping the customers secure, you know, and you're getting to work with, you know, some guys, it's their best friend, you know. Um, they're, they're, they're there to help you out, you know, they'll, they'll give up their lives for you, so. So tell me then. So if I'm if I'm a transitioning service member or military, and, and I I find this industry of interest, kind of that that's you know question one. Like you know what should I kind of be doing to to prep and what's required, right? To to be, become certified, and then the second part is like the like. But you don't want to do this if you know. Show show me kind of the con side and be like, okay, this isn't all. You know, this isn't this isn't a TV show. Yeah, so I, I can tell you, it's not easy being a handler. Like it's it's like having another kid to an extent. You know, um, you know, you you got to clean your kennels, you got to clean up poop. You know, sometimes your dogs get sick and they'll they'll puke and poop, and sometimes they're crazy. You know, and you know they'll they'll uh, they'll eat their poop, and you got to try to get them to keep keep them from doing that stuff. You know, they're still animals, you know, um, but they they rely on you to take care of them. They rely on you for food. You got to bathe them. You got to brush them. You got to clean their ears. You know, just it's like having a baby, you know. Um, and but, you know. There's positives to it, too. Like, like I said before, you know, they're there to back you up. You know, um, they're a full multiplier. Um, I went for my course. So Luna is a explosive detection canine. She's also trained in patrol tracking and article search. My course was six weeks. Um, you know, there's, and, and this is through Custom Canine Unlimited down there in uh, Maysville, Georgia. Um, they have four week programs for like single purpose narcotics. You know, they have five weeks for uh, single purpose um, explosive detection. You know, um, if you're interested, I would say check them out. Um, there's some other schools out there, but I haven't been to all of those. So I can only speak for what I, you know, my experience with custom, um, AJ and his team, you know, they're, they're solid dudes, um, you know, from all of them are former law enforcement. Uh, some of them have done contracting and stuff. It's, it's not easy. You know, you got to study, you got, you got to be willing to learn. And it, it's not this, this industry is not just, a all right, I show up, I take my dog to work, I leave. You know, you have to take care of your dog. If you don't, your dog will fail. 
Um, you know, and God forbid your dog winds up dying because, you know, you're being a, a butt and don't want to take care of your dog. Um, and you got to train them, you know, just like with land nap when we were in the military, you know, it's perishable. You know, if you live your, leave your dog sitting in a kennel 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, eight months out of the year, your dog's going to forget some things. So you got to get out there and train them. Um, but yeah, if, if, so that, that's my recommendation. They also have, uh, training courses down, trainer courses down there. And then, uh, kennel master courses. Um, if you like, you know, cleaning up after people, <laughs> kennel master is good for you, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's not bad. We did have one question um, from from the audience. Just wondering, so your dog, it sounds like de depending on who you are, what you do, that the dog can be left, you know, it's left in a kennel overnight. Or do, do dogs in the civilian world, do they ever come home? Or are, are they yes. for work? Yeah, so, so Luna's here with me at my house, uh, and my, my guys keep their dogs at their house. Um, we leave the dogs overnight in their kennel for sleep. You know, it's just like when you go to bed, you know, um, you know, these are, these are working dogs, not pet dogs. So we have other pet dogs that, that roam the house. Um, you know, but you, with you being asleep, your dog needs time to sleep too. So we put them in there so they can refocus, re, you know, uh, get their rest, you know, because if you just leave them out to their own devices, these are high drive dogs. Um, if you leave them out to their own devices, you're liable to wake up with a hole in the wall you know, or your trash can knocked over or, you know, the dirty dishes broken, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, our dogs sleep in their kennels at night, you know, and they're, they're different than just a regular pet dog, you know? Um, so, yeah. So, so we're coming up on the, the close of time. So I want to give you an opportunity if there's anything else that you would like to add um, for today, Terrell, and then tell Tell the folks where they can um, look up uh, Ronan Guard. What's the best way to get in get in contact with you if they either want advice for mentorship or looking for um, a, a security um, a problem or a security solution? So we are on Instagram and Facebook. We have Ronan Guard and Ronan Canine. Um, we're on LinkedIn for Ronan Guard. Our website is www dot roanandguard.com um reach out to us if, you know if you want to discuss further about about being a canine handler getting in the canine industry um if you if you're looking for security you know whether it be event or you know permanent security reach out to us on there um but yeah uh we're growing you know and you know being post-covid you know there's only one way to go and that's up, you know, so, um, you know, check us out and, uh, that's about all I got. Joe, I can't thank you enough for being on today, man. It was great to see you again. Thanks for sharing your story of success, sharing how it was hard that you would do things, uh, different if you could, but closing with saying, Hey, willing to be a mentor to someone else who wants to, walk in this path we thank you for your time and wish you the best of luck and have a have a great summer there in memphis all right thanks for having me on all right take care
All right. Once again, thanks to Terrell Naylor for, for joining us. Terrell was a fantastic soldier. Uh, got to meet him down at Fort Bragg in the 82nd Airborne Division. And you ever want to talk about a thorough individual who uh, is accountable and then holds his folks to the standard that's created, it, it, it's Terrell. So some great lessons. Once again, Morley Podcast for America, the lesson learned. If you're military in transition, you heard it from someone who's who's doing well now. Start early, plan early, be thorough. And then once again, if you think you might need some help, you can reach out, find out how Ronan Guard's succeeding, and maybe that can be success for either yourself or your own business as well. I wanted to take a time to say thank you once again to Three Rangers Brewery in Dahlonega, Georgia, for helping sponsor this podcast. And they've also partnered with The Gallant Few as part of Riding for Rangers coming this September 1st through the 30th. The six fallen rangers will be recognized during uh, the month in a fundraiser leading up to the Six Gap Century Race that occurs in Dahlonega on the 26th of September. Absolutely fantastic event. You can learn more about that at www.ridingforrangers.org. A special thanks once again to the Texas Silver Rush, Three Rangers Brewery, and Veteran Investment Planning for those, their support. This wouldn't be possible without them becoming involved in a Morley podcast. We hope you enjoyed this session. Another great um, podcast will be coming next week with another veteran who's going to share their lessons learned from Morley Podcast for America. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for joining us on the Morley Podcast with Tony Maine. We thank Terrell Neller for sharing his experiences in the Army and in his transition to become a Vice President of Operations and Canine Security with Ronin Guard LLC. We look forward to joining you again next week, Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern for the next episode of a Morley Podcast.